Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a great one for you today. The legendary Tom Hamilton joins us from Hamilton Wealth Management. How are you today, Tom? Uh, yeah, dude, I, I don't know about legend. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> not, not too far off, I guess. So so Dave and I are recording this from, what, a mile apart here via Zoom? Yeah, yeah. I got a little bit of a cold, and I didn't want to cancel on the legendary Tom Hamilton. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better off. So, yeah, thanks for having me uh, on the uh, podcast, Dave. Yeah, so... The reason you're legendary is partly how long you've been in the business. And then the other part that I want to get into is how advisors are paid. How long have you been in the business? When I was at like 20 years in the business, I used to brag about it. But now I'm 26 years in the business <laughs> and I just feel old saying it, right? <laughs> you're pretty you're pretty long in the business for, yeah. for a youngster. How long for you? This is my 21st year. I, I started right out of college. That's the best years because then people look at you and say, well, not as many gray hairs, so you're going to be a around a little longer. Now, you dye your hair, I know, Dave. But Possibly. That's not, <laughs> nonetheless, I got to start doing that. So yeah, so we're a couple of veterans. All right, there you go. So how did you get into this? How did you even start? So, so I actually years. have an engineering degree. So I got I went to mm -hmm. RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology, for people not in Rochester. I was in industry for a while. I just, you know, probably similar to you, had, had a liking for finance and investment stuff. And made the switch just about when my first son was born, when Andy was born, because Andy's 27. So he's one year. Wow. Imagine yeah. how that went over at home. Oh, yeah. I'm giving up my nice engineering salary. Well, what's your new salary? That would be nothing. Yeah, zero. That would be wow. nothing. But it worked out fine. Nancy was very supportive, still yep. is. And, and yeah, it worked out great. There's never a good time. I have a lot of younger advisors or other advisors that say they want to make changes or whatever it is. And there's never a good time, as evidenced by you. So 26 years ago, what is the biggest change you've seen in our industry, do you think? How much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take Social Security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. In some ways, a lot of stuff's the same, but, yeah. but very different as far as, and we're going to talk about this fee structure thing. Yep. So when I was at AG Edwards, which was the first 10 years or so, that was right when people were starting to talk about fee-based and advisory and uh, you know 1% type stuff. I latched onto that right away. And I think you did too, but I've been really focused on advisory, fiduciary business for a long time. But now, pretty much that's where the industry's gone, right? I mean, there's still people w working on commission. We'll talk about it. We're both hybrid firms, but advisory versus commission business has really changed. You know, it used to be mostly commission. 
some advisory. I think we were pretty good at getting in on that early. Now it's flip-flop that the majority of advisors I know, at least, are advisory versus commission. Yeah, we'll have to tell the listeners what this stuff actually means. But yeah. This is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. You also have a radio show, which... Yeah, I've done that for like 12 or 13 years. I, I do it every Friday afternoon, Wall Street to Main Street. I mean, it's, a, it's the number one financial news show during drive time Friday afternoon in Rochester. <laughs> is, it, is it the only one? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not even sure if it's the number one, but it's, I'm almost sure it's the only one. But no one's going to call you out on that. So Right. I, who, but, who's okay. The point is you got some experience. And the reason I wanted to have you on specifically is you're a straight shooter. I've known you for a little while. You're an honest guy. You keep it real. You tell people the truth, and there's an internal debate among our industry on how advisors get paid and what's the best way for the clients. So I I am not even sure our clients or prospective clients or people even think about how advisors get paid. And I have no problem telling anybody. But like, And you probably explain it to all your clients each time when they come on as new clients, but you can see that their eyes glaze over, yeah. and it's actually a shame that, yeah. that it isn't better understood. But so, so I told Dave I was going to do this. Worst thing you can do uh, on any live recording or radio show is read. So I'm going to read our disclaimer. Oh, I'll, I'll just summarize. Because right, it kills two birds with one stone. Okay. So my firm, Hamilton Wealth Management, at the, at the bottom of our website, it, it reads something like this. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, advisory services offered through Wealth Plan Partners. And then Hamilton Wealth Management and all these other things are separate entities. Dave's firm, Six Point, you guys have something similar, right? Yeah. RFG yeah. advisory yeah. is your advisory. And who, who are your securities offered through? PCS. It, it's required disclosure for everybody, and nobody knows what it means. <laughs> but I think that will help people know the person they're dealing with and how they're registered, how they're licensed. And that's the reason there's advisory services offered through and then securities offered through it's the two parts of the business, advisory mm -hmm. versus brokerage. So we do our brokerage through Securities America. I rarely use that part of our hybrid platform because it's the commissioned end. Mm -hmm. But like Dave and, and a lot of advisors, people come in and they have some of these old annuities or mutual fund accounts that are already in a brokerage platform. And often the right thing to do is what, Dave? Leave them right there, right? Okay. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of the difference in the two different platforms that, that you can be on is advisory versus brokerage. And Dave and my firm, two separate firms, but we both offer both to the yeah. clients. Yeah. And I think most of the time you have to, at least to do full quote, comprehensive financial planning is like, if you can't offer everything, then I don't think you are a full comprehensive financial planning office. And one of the big ones, I don't know if we're going to get into examples, but like we've had folks come in that have, Tom calls it a brokerage account, right? It's a group of mutual funds, some sort of pie chart that you're in and you've got, I don't know, $500,000 in there, but maybe you put in 300000 and it's after tax money, right? So we just did a bunch of tax episodes. That $200,000 in growth, if we move it to something else, you have to pay taxes on that most of the time, right? There may be exceptions, but like we don't want to just have somebody come in and pay capital gains on $200,000. So we need to have a firm that will hold it for us. And that would be the brokerage side of it. Right. Because maybe 10 years ago, some advisor 
made a pretty big commission selling that product yeah. to him. That may have been right, may have been wrong for that advisor, but the fact is now 10 years later, they own it. And this is the, Dave says, a healthy debate within the industry. I create an argument about it all the time on LinkedIn <laughs> with some of these advisors that they're what they call fee only. So it's advisory only. Again, they're not the devil. There's nothing wrong with, with that per se. But the reason Dave and I selected the models we have, which is hybrid, where you can do advisory and brokerage, is just the example Dave gave. Somebody who has some investment product they bought years ago, and the, the honest evaluation of it is they shouldn't change anything. Maybe you can change the investments within it, but not, not something that generates a new fee for Dave or I or, or our firm. The right thing is to keep it where it is. And again, you have to have a place to house that investment. And that's our brokerage end uh, right. of the business. So it's inside baseball, but it's important, I think, for clients to know, right? It's two different, two different halves of the business. Some people are only registered on one half. Yep. Yep. I mean, you kind of already answered this, but let's go through quickly, Tom, how advisors are paid on advisory accounts. So if you get out a fee schedule and show a client, use the old 1% analogy yep. and explain yep. that. Real so quick. that's a great, great next step of the discussion, right? We say advisory services offered through Wealth Plan Partners in our case, RFG Advisory in Dave's case. That is a fiduciary agreement account between us and the client, where at least in our case, and I'm pretty sure Dave's firm also, we do it by a percentage of assets under management. So if it's a million dollar account, we, we may or may not charge 1% for that account, but that's kind of the number that's bantered around in the industry. And, you know, my engineering days are a long ways back. So for math, easy it's math. easy. Yep. <laughs> so each quarter, that client would pay $2,500 deducted from their account. So a quarter percent per quarter, 1% per year. So that's, and for that, we manage the accounts, we manage the financial planning, we do all the services required for that client. And that's a fiduciary relationship, right? We're not getting paid extra based on what investments we buy. So we're agnostic, we're product agnostic as to what we own in the account. We want that to be, and I always explain to the clients, Dave, the honest and good guy, Tom Hamilton, I do what's right for the client because that's what I do, right? As a person. And I know for a fact, Dave does also. But the businessman, Tom Hamilton, I'd rather charge 1% of one and a half million than a 500,000. So if they come to me with a million bucks as a rollover, they're retiring, right? It's in my best interest. I make more money if the account gets larger. I make a little less money if the account gets a little bit smaller. So I think it really aligns the advisor with the client and almost all new business that we bring in here at Hamilton Wealth Management. And I'm going to speak for Dave at six point. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong is on the advisory side, the fee-based side. Yeah, and it's exactly the same reason. So to, to reiterate that, if someone has a million dollars and they come in, if they make more money, they are happy, and selfishly the advisor is as well because the advisor also makes more money. If they lose yeah. money, if the million turns into 700,000, the client may or may not be happy based on risk tolerance and all that stuff, but also the advisor just took a 30% pay cut Right. And we so, all know that last year wasn't yeah. a great year That's right. for most clients, but, but it wasn't a great year for most fee-based 
advisors also. So I and again, I just want to go back to, to keep the terminology. Yep. You'll hear advisory business, fee-based business, RIA, registered investment advisory. They all are referring to that same advisory side of the business. And it's not really semantics, right? It's, it's objective, yep. not subjective. Right. The difference between advisory and brokerage is different regulatory agencies, different, what, what do we need for brokerage? A Series 7 license? Yeah, yeah. And then there's, a, what is it, 65 and 66 for the advisory? So, so it's a they're really separate. And the advisor, Dave does this, I do this. You should tell the client for each account you work with them on which side of that ledger that business is on and why, right? Explain yeah. why. Yep. Yeah. If you're not doing a lot of it, it makes it easier. But uh, why don't you jump into how commissions are paid and why, why there may be a big conflict of interest? A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. So I've done so little commission business for so long. I don't even know what the numbers are anymore. I, I let's got say, you. <laughs> Let's say that same, let's say 100,000, because usually the larger accounts, most advisors are doing advisory. But let's say it's $100,000 inheritance somebody gets of cash and they go to somebody who maybe isn't even licensed to do advisory so they do brokerage commissioned business and they buy a variable annuity for example okay. not recommending for or against that by the way let's yeah. keep the lawyers off our it. backs here there's right? a place yep <laughs> let's say that advisor says yep put it all in a variable annuity the advisor may get paid tell me if i'm six percent on that dave is that about yeah. right it depends on the firm and it depends on how the advisor chooses the payout, but we could get up to 7%. No. So, so 7% and maybe yeah. somebody else, the broker dealer, somebody's taking a little bit more. So the client account, it doesn't go down by that amount, by the way. And this is where I think there's a huge conflict of interest and a lack of disclosure. What happens is for the next forever that they own that account, there's a management and expense charge that adds one and a quarter to 1.5% to the underlying fees. So you also pay the fund fees, right? And that's what paid, that's how that firm pays the advisor up front. And if the client leaves after a year or two, there's a big back end charge for that firm to get their money back that they paid the advisor. So that insurance company, or whatever, they're not losing, they're not losing that payout. No. That, right. that comes on the client. So the conflict is you may get paid 6% over here, 8% over here versus 1% a year in advisory. There's a lot of incentive to, what do they call it? Set it and forget it, Dave. Take <laughs> that right. big payout. And then technically that advisor really never has to talk to you again. No, because you can't leave. They already got paid. So a couple of things with this. The Again, to reiterate, the conflict of interest might be, hey, Tom, I have an account that is okay for you. It's okay. It may not be the best, right? but it pays me 7% commission. Let's use a million because you see this. That's $70,000 in Tom's next paycheck. That's real. 
or this account is way better for you, but Tom only gets 0.25% next quarter and then ongoing. Which one is more attractive to Tom? Right. Now, that's not how somebody who's selling that pitches it to the client. No, no, no. Because they're not required to. It just has to be appropriate for them, which is a very hard to... Yep. You know, explain and distinguish word. So that's why, again, when Dave and I say we're hybrid, that means we do both advisory and we can do brokerage with it. We mostly use the brokerage for accommodating existing accounts that are appropriate there. That's the distinction. And I don't know if Dave was going to ask me this. I'm going to ask myself, Tom, are you just saying that because you're hybrid? So you're saying that's the best model. Right. I'm not saying it's the best model. I think it's the appropriate model for my firm, but most specifically for my clients. And no, I'm not saying it because I'm hybrid, just like Dave isn't, because Dave and I have both talked about this many, many times. And he just switched his model not long ago. I switched mine four or five years ago. We picked the hybrid model because it's the best option for our client base instead of the other way around. We'd love, I again, I keep talking, speaking for Dave, He can do the same for me, but I know we would love to both be out from under the extra paperwork and costs and burdens, compliance burdens that goes along with being hybrid, being fee only or advisory only. You take one of the two regulatory agencies out of the ballpark, right? They're out of the game then. So we'd love to be that for our own personal simplicity. But then you run into the situation. Now, what do you do with those clients who that's not appropriate for, for those assets? Then you're creating a conflict of interest. So that's what I think. I mean, the other side will say that having that brokerage ability is a conflict of interest. And again, if you're pitching high commission products to people and inappropriately selling them, I agree. But if you can trust yourself to do the right thing for clients and explain to clients the two models and why. Yeah. And again, almost all of our new business winds up most appropriate in advisory. But I will say, like recently, I don't know if your firm has started doing this. A lot of other advisors I talk to uh, on the insurance end, which is a whole different licensing altogether that some fee-only people are. There are some what they call MIGAs, multi-year guaranteed annuities. That, And again, disclaimer, I'm not saying that's right or wrong for anybody. We've only use them with a few clients that they're appropriate for. But the rate on them is, you know, when the clients hear what the option is, right? they love it. I get paid, I think it pays two and a quarter for a five-year MIGA. So I'm getting paid a lot less per year than my 1% normally in advisory. But again, in some cases, just talking to my brother about this, he's got a pension, a lump sum, he's talking about... That's an option that we can offer. And I flat out tell them, this is on the insurance brokerage end. Here's what I get paid. Here's exactly what my check will look like for you. And again, these are clients that already have other business with me. So they know it's not going to be a sell it and forget it. Yeah, yeah. Same as with the other stuff, Dave, right? Ask my assistant, Lisa. It is a pain in the (laughs) you-know-what it's so much it's like buying a new house right signing all the documents for these things yes it's, but it's a lot if it's the best option for the client 
you know, you have to do what's best for the client. Yeah. The example would be if something is paying, call it 6% guaranteed year after year over five years, that may or may not, based on the situation, be a good deal. A lot of right. folks right now would find that attractive. It's so, a heck of a lot better deal than three years yeah. ago when it was paying 1%. Yeah. Let me back up because uh, you said we changed our model and all that, and, and you're right. And I can give you my own story quickly. I, and I think you might know this, Tom, but like what, where I find a lot of folks get into the variable annuities or, and again, they're not good or bad. We still do them for the right people. But when I was a new person in our business, that is all I did. That's it. Like you find money, you put it in a variable annuity because I honestly, I thought that's what we were supposed to do. What I find is most of the people that are meeting with a newer financial advisor, that's the account they're going into. Why is that? Because that advisor needs to earn money literally. And they'll say, Dave, I'm starving. I need to eat. I need to sell something, get a commission. I can't wait for that 1% payout over the next 15 years. I don't have a business yet. So that may be important for the listener to think about. Like, Hey, is your advisor experienced and are, are they themselves financially stable enough to put me into the right spot? Dave, that's a critical thing. It's, and I mentioned that to clients from time to time or, or new prospective clients, that there's a lot of reasons you want to make sure that your financial advisor is economically stable. And by the way, isn't living the wildlife way out over their skis, right? And it, people deserve that are successful in whatever profession, they deserve to enjoy their lives and, and spend money. But I'll tell you what, if your advisor is taking helicopter rides to the Super Bowl and this and that, you can sit there and say, <laughs> oh, they're a great successful advisor. Or you might think, damn, they really need a lot of monthly income. Right. And might they have incentives to do stuff that isn't appropriate for the client. And I think the newer advisor, it's actually, I would not get into this profession again as a newer advisor. It's not just hard. Once you know what's right and what's not correct to do for clients, yep, it's very hard. Like I, I And Dave and I, same experience when I was new in the business. I never did anything for a client that I didn't think was right for that client. But in retrospect, I didn't screw anybody, just like Dave didn't. I just didn't know. And it isn't like we did anything like where we were dishonest or stealing money or, you know, all that stuff. It's just you find out the other options that are available and yeah. you realize that there's a better way to do yeah. it. And at that point, you could never go back to that. And again, if you're a starving new person in the business and you're booking business at a quarter percent fee per quarter, it takes a long time to be self-sufficient. It's really hard. And I have my W-2, Tom, on the wall from 2003. And you'd laugh. I worked 80 or 90 hours a week and I was selling commissionable products. What's your guess how much money I made? Do you know? 33000 14000 Oh, really? Yeah. It was brutal. Brutal. So I'm that guy in 2003. And then I run into Tom in December and Tom's got a million bucks. <laughs> Think about that, right? Like, and I could put Tom's money into whatever account I want to because Tom right. doesn't totally understand. And maybe I don't even totally understand. But I'm like, when I was a new person, and I've talked about this before, Tom, when you're meeting somebody as a new person, you, uh, you're you calculating how much money you're going to make before you even think about what's good for the client. Like, hey, Tom's got a million bucks. Okay, in my mind, I can make 3.25% in a rollover. 
I might, I might make, I don't know, $45,000 if I get Tom to put that money into an annuity. By the way, I just worked a hundred hours a week and made 14 grand. Right. What do that's you think exactly I'm going right. to do or, I, or try to do? And if that's all I know, the other thing is, and this gets into a lot. If folks are even still listening to us talking with all this uh, industry jargon, like the companies want you to sell certain stuff. And one thing I, I just heard this recently from somebody, Tom, you'll appreciate this. If you're meeting with an advisor and the account that they're putting you into has that company's name on it, that might be a sign that that is bad. Like if I work at XYZ Mutual and all of a sudden I'm putting you in all these XYZ Mutual annuities or XYZ Mutual funds, that might be there might be a reason for that that you don't even know. That's why, Dave, that's why advisory is often much cleaner of a relationship, right? Because whatever funds we have in our advisory models, fee-based models, if there's a fund that's, that's let's say, uh, emerging markets fund, right? I don't make any more income for fund XYZ versus fund ABC. The only way I make more is if the client makes more. So I have no attachment to those funds. They're not giving me like, like a back pay to, to use those funds. And I even, in our industry, they have what they call wholesalers, right? The people that try to get us to use their particular funds. Like I had one person invite me to a Bills playoff game. And again, I'm sure it's all above board. I say no to that because I don't want to be influenced to right. use the product for any reason other than the exact right reason. And something like that is a little bit of a payment to, to use their product. So I say no to that stuff. And again, the industry is peculiar, but I think as a recap, there's fee-based advisory, same thing. And then there's brokerage, securities business, right? Same thing, commission business. Those are separate businesses. And all I'll tell the listeners on behalf of Dave's podcast here is don't feel, if you're quote advisor or advisor you're considering hiring, if they make you feel uncomfortable asking about this stuff, get up and run away. Right. I would say punch him in the nose and run away, but don't do that. Don't blame it on me, but get up and run away. There's nothing. If you're doing an above board business and what's right for the client, I love explaining this stuff to clients. There's, there should be no, you, your advisor or prospective advisor should have no angst at all in discussing the two parts of the business, especially if they're only registered on one of the two, have them explain why. Right. Yeah. Have them explain why. And again, a good advisor explains it up front without you asking. It's one of the questions ask. we have our folks. We have a list of questions you should ask a financial advisor. Do you have Maybe that on your website, Dave? Can people yeah. just go find that? Yeah. You can also email us for the list if you want. But actually, I just updated it, Tom. But the uh, got some cool new ones on there. I'll show you. But the one of them is how do you get paid? Like they should be able to clearly and easily explain how you get paid. One of the one point that I wanted to make was you mentioned the annuities or maybe some other types of accounts where once clients put their money in, they may not be able to get out of it. Even if they think it's a terrible deal, they could get out. They're just going to pay a large fee, number one. But in the advisory world, there's you could walk away at any time. There's no oh, fee to walk away. Yeah. What is it, like 75 bucks maybe to close an account or something? Uh, yeah, it depends, David. If Even. you Ameritrade, our custodian, it doesn't cost anything to there close an account. There you go. Cost zero. So, so that's you, a great point. You're, yeah. you're not committed to any... The advisor has to continually earn your business. Now, I'm sure Dave's firm's the same. We have almost no attrition of clients at Hamilton Wealth Management. We had a client leave this year. Lisa and I just about cried because it's been so long since it happened. But the bottom line is, 
they pay that quarter percent per quarter. And actually, even if they leave halfway through the quarter, we refund it's, it's refunded, yeah. the, the difference. So there, it's really a day-to-day. Now, it doesn't act, feel like that. But yes, there is no back-end penalty charge to leave a proper advisory account. And here's where I'll tell you, just check the you know, check with the advisor about whether there is or isn't. Maybe some of these big, huge national firms have something like that. But most advisors running a good advisory business, that fee is for that period of time only. And you can leave, yep. you know, at any time as you wish. All right, Tom, if, I, if I'm listening to this, I'm like, what the heck did these guys just say for 25 minutes? It sounded good. They sound like they know what they're talking about. How can I get a hold of Tom Hamilton? I'm going to sum it up this way, Dave. Okay. You have two options, Hamilton Wealth Management or Six Point Financial. (laughs) (laughs) Not kidding. I didn't pay time for You got lots of options. You got a lot of bad (laughs) options. You also have bad options other than the good option. So (laughs) HamiltonWealthManagement.com, but I don't want to steal your audience, Dave. I'm sure I won't. All good. Six Point Financial, you know, that's really where you want to go. We even refer some clients to Dave's firm that aren't perfect matches for yeah. for our firm. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, Hamilton Wealth Management is the way. You can, if you're in the Rochester area, you can tune into Wall Street to Main Street every Friday afternoon on WYSL at 4 o'clock. That's an option. But I love uh, it. just keep listening to Dear Rochester Retire Well. That's all you got. <laughs> you got it. So, folks, hey, thanks again, Tom. I know you're busy. There it is, everybody. Make it a great day. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.